Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Gardening on C103 with Bandon Co-op Garden Centres in Bandon, Kinsale and Enniskeen. For top quality plants, advice and value, think Bandon Co-op Garden Centres. C103. And Peter Dowd of the Irish Gardener joining me this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Trish. And you are very welcome. And I'm going to get straight in with a photograph of a rose bush that was sent to me uh, as soon as I came on air this morning from Mary in Kalekill, uh, who sent on a picture and we've sent it on now to Peter. And she says these roses were pruned at the end of March. They got fertiliser and this is what happened. Any cure to solve it. She says there are about 40 bushes there. They're all the same. Never grew. Did have a few tiny roses and very bad shoots, as you can see. Yeah, I, I've seen it and it's bad news, I'm afraid, because I, I saw it in a photograph during the year from somebody else who sent it in to me on Facebook. And I, I did a bit of homework on it because it wasn't, it was something that was quite new to me. And I had seen, I thought I had seen it before. Anyway, to cut a long story short, it looks to me like she's got a thing called Rose Rosette disease, which is a relatively new viral disease in this part of the world. And of course, wouldn't you know it, a new virus, and it's being spread by mites, little mites. Um, as of now, like the other virus that's making the headlines, we know very little about it, um, except that it, it, it really it just kills the roses, I'm afraid. We are learning more about it. There are some roses, like the knockout roses, which um, seem to be quite resistant to it. Um, and I think that's a lot of the time with, with, um, with plants and, and trying to control diseases, Trish, you look at resistant cultivars and resistant plants and, and work with nature as opposed to looking for the medicine. So there are, the knockout roses do tend to be resistant. There are a range of roses. But I would say the best advice I can give there, I'm afraid, is to to lift it out of the ground and to, to dump it off site. You don't want to be spreading it in your compost bin or anything like that. So lift it and get rid of it. Uh, I, I don't think it's uh, anything to do with... Um, the other parts of the question that she fed it and she pruned it. I don't think you pruned it wrong or pruned it at the wrong time or anything. It's just a viral infection that got in. And um, it's it's attacked it's, and it's it's across her forty rose bushes. So it's spread. Oh no. So they all have to come out basically is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah like if you want to try if you if you do want to try and save them, you, you could just try feeding them again. 
give them a drench with a fungicide like like the copper sulfate but i do think this is viral so i don't think it's going to do much good if you want to try it do but i don't think it's going to be successful I'm afraid. okay hi question for uh peter i sent in a question last week about bedding begonias and uh, peter answered for tuber begonias tuberous uh, yeah. i want to divide them they're bedding begonias that i have and she sends oh. a, a picture of them and they're overflowing from the lawn onto her patio Okay, well, in that case, it's unusual that you'd have bedding begonias going from year to year, but it's not unheard of. So she's obviously obviously in somewhere mild. So what I would do, but don't do it at this time of the year, I'm afraid. But next, I would say early spring, kind of February, early March, lift the clump uh, just as they're coming back into leaf. Lift the clump then, and it's it's quite simple. You just divide them, and just so just when you have that root ball and that root system out of the ground, just prise it apart, pull it apart into two, three, or four or more plants, um, and then put them straight into their new home, be that into pots or into other beds in the garden, and give them loads and loads of water. Keep them very well watered, uh, and you should be fine. They should grow away quite successfully then. And can I say they're a blast of pinks and reds. They're magnificent. It's a magnificent display. Uh, I, would, I wouldn't be touching them. I'd leave them as is. They're just yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. But there, I can see they're tumbling over onto the lawn on one side and the patio on the other side. So, uh, And it does look like it's a very tidy garden, I have to say. A okay, ni- a, ni- a nice problem to have. A yeah, nice absolutely. Have. Uh, this is from Pat. Hi, question for Peter, please. I have two scraggly red robins. They've taken over. Oh, taken over by other shrubs uh, which I cut back can I prune the red robin back hard as there's only leaves on the top and there's nothing all the way down yeah that's quite common with um, red robin isn't it because uh, as I often say in your program I think a a well kept red robin be it a specimen or or a hedge can look fantastic but one that's got a bit bedraggled looks (laughs) slightly less than fantastic so you you can prune it, but it's a gradual process. Trish, red robins are evergreen, so if you prune hard now into into brown and bare wood, it can't photosynthesize, so it's just going to die. Um, so you can cut, but you need to remember that you need to leave foliage below where you cut. So if all the foliage and all the leaves are on the extremities of the plant and up at the top, you might only be cutting back a few inches. You might only be cutting back one pair of leaves. And you'll be thinking to yourself, God, this is going to take forever. Uh, and it will take a while because I'm afraid the, the main word that we all need to remember in gardening is patience, mm. right? So it will take time. So, But if you prune off as hard as you can, if you like, but making sure you're leaving at least one pair of leaves underneath your cut, what will happen then is there, there are all these lateral buds on the stems uh, which are dormant because all the growth is going to the extremities. So what you're doing by cutting off the the tips, you're forcing these lateral buds back into growth. So growth is going to start coming out below where you have cut. So then you can cut a bit harder, again, maintaining foliage below your cut. But by doing that, you're forcing the, the buds lower down to come into growth each time. So you will get it back to being a good bushy plant, but you're not probably not going to do it in one go. This could probably take a, a few prunings over the next 12 months. OK, good luck with that. Margaret in Kentark. Hi, Peter. We have plum trees that produce great fruit every year, except for last year. A week or two before the fruit was ripe, all the fruit was attacked and destroyed by earwigs. Sadly, we had no organic plums for the lunchboxes in September. Can Peter suggest what we can do to prevent this happening this year again? Earwigs. <coughs> It's an unusual one, actually, that you hear of earwig damage. I know there's lots of earwigs in the garden and not everybody loves them, but uh, they tend not to do huge amounts of damage. However, so I have no real magic wand in this instance. However, what I would say to you is 
Uh, this is the advice I would give with earwigs attacking dahlias more so than plums, but the same theory should apply. So if you get a, a small little, uh, you know, it could be plastic or terracotta, a little pot, a small pot now, only a few inches in diameter. Uh, and if you turn it, if you fill it with straw, okay, turn it upside down and, and, and dangle it, if you like, on top of a, a bamboo cane, if you can understand what I mean. What happens is the, the earwigs will go into that straw to nest or to, to for refuge overnight. So they go into sleep there overnight, okay? That's the kind of environment they like to sleep in. So if you get up in the morning, you'll have a pot full of earwigs and just throw them out uh, and just get rid of them. Now, that will work in terms of getting earwigs away from your dahlia plants and things like that. The only the only reason I'm hesitant here is because they, they might be overnighting within the tree because there might be places within the plum tree for them to, to nest. But maybe if you could, you know, work with that principle and that logic that if you can create a nice little B&B &B for them, if you like, uh, somewhere within the tree and then every morning get rid of it, Disposal. that will physically remove the, the problem. Yeah. Um, obviously, you don't want to put on a chemical onto it because you're going to be eating the plums. So that's a non-runner. So the the... The, the only other thing I could possibly suggest, and I'm not certain, I, I want to preface it by saying I'm not cer certain if it will work, but is the garlic wash, which I often recommend to deter aphids and green fly and, and slugs and snails. So if you make a, a mix uh, of water with crushed garlic, water that onto the plum tree, uh, and what it does is it doesn't kill anything, but it does make the, the, the fruits um, very unpalatable to many insects. The reason I'm hesitant is because I'm not sure how palatable garlic is to head to, to, to earwigs. I'm yeah. not sure, but it's certainly worth a try. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tim in Mallow says, for the last week, young blackbirds are thronging to the berries on my Berberus Darwini hedge. I'm just wondering, are those berries edible? Says Tim in Mallow. To blackbirds, very much so. To blackbirds, very much so. But not to, to humans. Us, I'd have to double check that one. I'm going to earn the side of caution and say, no, don't go picking them. Um, but I, I have an idea. I would have to check it. And, and, and you can do it yourself because I'll just be Googling it, to be honest. So, okay. But from memory, you can do something with the berberus berries. But I would earn the side of caution and say, not to the best of my knowledge, Please. but I do know the, blackberry, uh, the, the, the blackbirds love them. Yeah. Okay, Eileen and Clonic Hilty, could you ask Peter, what is causing the bud to come on the onions? Buds to come on the onions? Drought drought believe it or not okay. um so what happens is you obviously you're growing the onion as a, a, a root vegetable the swollen root uh, and that's the part we want but the the from the onion's point of view it, it's quite happy to, to produce flowers and set seed that way but when it does that it stops growing if you like so the root won't won't swell anymore so it's what's called bolting so uh what you want to do to prevent that happening is keep the onions well watered but it is a fine line because you don't want them to be in waterlogged soil because then the onion itself will rot so what I would suggest is kind of cultural methods of retaining the water around it. Um, so like a mulch of either bark mulch or straw or anything just to phys physically create a barrier that will help to reduce the water loss from the soil through evaporation. Um, a good a good soil texture and soil structure. So a good loamy soil will help to retain moisture as well. Obviously, there's a hose pipe band. So unless you've got your own rainwater, but... Uh, and to be watering them regularly will also help. But it's, it's, it seems crazy to be talking about a hose pipe mm. ban after all the rain we've had, but it's still in place. Uh, I'm sure they'll probably lift it soon. But um, but that's what's causing it. Yeah, it has just dried out at some point along the line. OK, a number of questions about roses. Christine in Cork wants to know, is now a good time to cut and prune roses and rambling roses? And John in Mitchestown has about 100 roses. Uh, they've had good growth. They've all flowered, but the flowers are now gone. What can you do to get more flowers? 
it'll depend on the rose variety, believe it or not, whether or not they'll give you a second flush of flowers. But I find most of them do. So the the textbook will tell you not to prune your roses during the summer. But I would kind of ignore that. So when my roses are flowered, I, I don't give them a hard... I suppose to answer the first part, the, the first question first, I, I wouldn't give them a hard pruning at this time of the year. No, not at all. But if your roses have flowered and... I would I would feel free to trim back the dead flowers and trim back the, the growth at this time of the year, but not to give them their hard prune. Um, and with some, but as I say, it will depend on the variety, with some you will get a second flush of flowers. So don't give them their hard prune now. Feel free to trim them back, um, but but not their hard pruning. Do give them a feed to promote second, a second blast of flowers as well. One of the questions there was about rambling roses. So yeah. rambling roses are slightly different. You can prune them back in late summer. So where are we, July? If it's finished flowering, and I imagine there's still some flower left on the rambler. So if it's finished flowering, give it a couple of weeks and then prune it back. I would say end of this month, start of next month, you'll be pruning back your rambling roses. Okay. But all other roses, no, leave it till the winter. Sheila in Mallow has a fuchsia tree planted in the ground for the last two years. Now, before it was planted into the ground, it was in a tub. And when it was in the tub, it flowered every year. Two years ago, popped it into the ground. And for some reason, it hasn't flowered. She wants to know why is that? It's been fed. You can see the, leaf, the leaves coming and trying to turn into flower, but they don't turn. Interesting, because you would you would think if it was doing fine in a tub, then moving it into the ground was the right thing to do. And and she said she's feeding it, so I'd be interested to know just what she's feeding it with. It would want to be something high in potassium and phosphorus, like the the a good tomato food, like the nature safe tomato food. Um, but I suspect it's 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 something else is causing it. From the way she's describing it, uh, I presume she means the bud and not the leaf. That the bud is coming, but it's not opening which could be a, a fungal problem, all right, a, a kind of what's what's called bud rot. It could be that. And I, I would say this this year now, go at it now, prune it back quite hard, drench it with the solution of copper sulfate mixed with water, which, which I've mentioned many times, a good organic uh, broad-spectrum fungicide. So if it is something like, like bud rot, the, that, it's unusual for that to affect fuchsia, but I suppose it can. Uh, so, so drench it with the copper sulfate mixed with water, cut it back and feed it, but do feed it with the right plant food. So get, as I say, something like the nature safe seaweed, seaweed feed with the tomato feed with, with seaweed uh, and that should drive it on. And I'd say it should be OK. Like if the rest of the plant is looking all right and it survived a couple of years in the grounds producing leaves. Uh, I'd say it'll come good, all right. Okay, all right. We're expecting a nice, fine, sunny day tomorrow. So get out and enjoy the garden. I'd say that's your message, is it, Peter? Absolutely. And you know what? If you're anywhere near Cork City, get into Fitzgerald's Park. I was, I was in there quite a bit over the last few weekends with the kids uh, just for walks and uh, the water lilies inside there. They're just gorgeous at the moment. So get in there if you're anywhere near town. But yeah, get out and enjoy the great outdoors. OK, listen, have a good week. We'll talk next Wednesday. And you. Thanks, thanks for that. Bye bye. That is uh, Peter Dowdle at the Irish uh, Gardener. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. 
That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.